we bring you to the darker side of investigations. This is the Investigation Guru Podcast with Sean and Nandana. Hello and welcome to the Investigation Guru Podcast. This is the official podcast for Red Door Investigations. My name is Sean and I will be with you this evening. Um, I know we've kind of been away for a little bit. Uh, I want to uh, apologize for that. Uh, had a lot of things going on. Um, so hopefully from now on, New Year, etc., etc., we will be able to post a little bit more frequently. Uh, we're going to kind of change up the form a little bit uh, from what we've been doing. We're going to post in some uh, a few little private investigator kind of tips and tricks for people in the field. Uh, they might also be kind of interesting or useful for you as well. Uh, people who are not private investigators, just the members of the general public that, you know, have always wondered about the, the mystique or the, you know, a lot of the misconceptions that private investigators may have uh, <clears throat> or that the public may have about private investigators. Uh, we can chalk that up to, you know, movies and television kind of grossly distorting what we are and what we are not allowed to do. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully we will be able to to post a lot more frequently from this point forward. So we're going to, again, kind of have these l- little bit shorter uh, podcast episodes uh, interspersed with the the longer true crime ones that, we, that, that we're going to keep doing. Um, so hopefully that will kind of be interesting as well. It also allows us to, uh, to post a little bit more frequently. Um, so hopefully that will kind of keep us on schedule and allow us to kind of just jump in and, uh, put a little bit, uh, a little bit of information out there for you. And then while we're researching and doing the, uh, the longer true crime stuff that most of you are probably here to, to hear. Um, Okay, so let's talk a little bit about five of the things that private investigators are legally allowed to do. Now, private investigators, again, have kind of this this, uh, mystique, you know, a lot of the movies and and television shows out there that, uh, you know, kind of paint an unfair picture uh, of what a private investigator is is actually allowed to do. a lot of a lot of the things that you know are on TV and movies, just like anything else, is 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 grossly <clears throat> grossly over overrated, um, grossly overdone. You know, Hollywoodized, whatever. Uh, a lot of the life of a real private investigator, especially in today's market, is is actually pretty boring. Um, it's a lot of sitting in the car and, and waiting for something to happen. Um, you have to kind of keep this fixed attention on, you know, a door or a car or something for hours and hours and hours on the off chance that, you know, something interesting might happen that you can get on video for your client. Um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not all high speed police chases. Um, most private investigators don't carry a gun, for example. Uh, we, we're not allowed to arrest people. <clears throat> we're not allowed to, you know, break and enter and hack people's phones and things like that. But uh, there are some things that private investigators are legally allowed to do that kind of might actually surprise a lot of people who are not in the field. Um, although there are, you know, some things that, uh, that we cannot do. And we're going to talk about that in the, in the actual next episode. And there are some very morally loose private investigators out there working. Uh, most of us who value our licenses and who, you know, have kind of this ethical standard that we want to uphold <clears throat> are going to abide by, by the, the laws in the state in which they practice. Um, <clears throat> and those laws are, 
in some cases they're they're actually pretty tough. Um, private investigators can get into a lot of trouble if we, you know, uh, enter private property without permission, for example. <clears throat> So uh, a, a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about, we're just we're going to list five. I want to kind of just keep this keep this uh, short and sweet, uh, 15, 20 minute episode and uh, just make it kind of easily digestible. But uh, so here we go. This is five things that a private investigator is legally allowed to do in most states in the United States. Number one. As long as we aren't on private property, a private investigator can sit outside of your house or workplace and watch everything that you do. Um, this is kind of might be a little bit uh, irritating or or even maybe sometimes even a little bit unnerving for members of the general public. You know, you look out your window and you see this car sitting on the street and that car has been there for hours and hours and hours and... You have no idea. You can see someone in the car or sometimes, you know, if the windows are tinted really dark and that private investigator wants to be sneaky, sneaky, then they have we have ways of uh, of kind of hiding the fact that we are in there and what we're doing. But, uh, you know, the, a car that, that's sitting there for hours that you don't recognize, that's more than likely that's, you know, a private investigator that is watching someone on your street. Uh, it may or may not be you. Um, the only way you really know is, is to to go up and approach the private investigator. And if you do that, then, you know, they will probably leave <laughs> uh, before you even get up to the car because they don't want to be approached. We we like our privacy. We like uh, not being noticed. That's kind of our, our bread and butter. So most private investigators don't want you to know that they are there. So, the you know, the ever-vigilant nosy neighbor who, you know, takes note of every single vehicle or every single happening that, that happens on, on her street or his street. Uh, they are kind of a private investigator's worst, worst enemy. Uh, they are, you know, some, some people will, you know, uh, meddle <clears throat> and even, you know, some courageous people will even approach uh, a vehicle that that's been, you know, suspiciously sitting there. But, uh, we are we are well within our rights to sit on a public street and wait for you to come out. We can also sit outside of your job and wait for you to come out. We usually have a, a vehicle or an address that we're watching and any kind of um, any kind of movement or activity at that address or in that vehicle is fair game. The only thing we cannot do in that situation is peek inside of your house. We cannot enter your property. We can't set foot on your on your yard or anything like that. We can't, you know, scale the fence in the backyard and come in and and you know plant cameras outside your house and peek in your windows. That is very very illegal, and that will get us in trouble in a in a hurry. But again, there are some some morally loose private investigators out there who will not have a problem doing that. Uh, they are few, but they. You know, kind of the one bad apple spoils the bunch. They kind of give the rest of us uh, a really bad name. But uh, we are, of course, well within our right to sit on that private, on that uh, public street and wait for you to emerge. Uh, everything you do inside your house or inside <clears throat> inside a, a barn or anything like that that may be on your property, that is off limits. We, we cannot... Uh, you know, again, plant some kind of camera or zoom lens and try and peek inside of your windows. That, that is, you have a reasonable expectation of privacy. And that is, that is very, very, very bad. Um, anything that, you know, if, what, any evidence we 
could possibly get using that would not be admissible in court and would probably have our license revoked. So, uh, oh, there's a big, there's an airplane coming over. Sorry. Hope, hope that doesn't come across, but, uh, once you emerge from your house, then everything you do is within the public domain and it is fair game. And the astute private investigator who's been sitting there for nine and a half hours waiting for you to come out and get your mail, uh, you know, you file a disability claim and, you know, you're playing with your kids and whatever, the, you know, moving furniture, all of that, that, that it's all fair game. We're going to get that on video and you are you are done. Uh, we are very good at at making sure that uh, you know it, everything that everything that is legal that we are going to catch and we are going to get that on video and uh, that person is, is done. Um, so uh, again, you know it, it, it's a it's a public street. Uh, we have just as much right to park there as anyone else. And, uh, you know, if you if you feel like someone is, is suspicious or, you know, you have a suspicious vehicle outside your house or, you know, the this vehicle's been there for a long time, go ahead and call the police. Uh, you know, the we are we're very familiar with dealing with cops. Uh, it, it happens all the time. And a police officer will come up and kind of ask us what we're doing and we'll show them our I.D. and tell them that, you know, we're on a surveillance and the police officer says, okay, well, have a nice day. And, you know, we, we got a, we got a, a call for, you know, a suspicious vehicle. And, you know, it, now that they know that there's a private investigator in the area, any further calls, uh, you know, that, that might be made that, uh, uh, there's a, a suspicious vehicle on this street or in this area or whatever. And, you know, private investigator might, you know, move, you know, if, if uh, somebody parks on the street and blocks our view or something like that, then we might move to another area. But for all intents and purposes, we, we like to stay in one spot. We pick out a good spot and we stay there. Um, we're not going to park right out in front of, of, of the house of the person that we're watching. So if we are parked in front of your house, that means that we are probably not watching you. We are watching someone up the street. Um, so we, hopefully you don't know, you don't know who it is or, you know, again, if, if you approach the vehicle, then the, the, uh, the private investigator will probably drive off long before you get there. If they, you know, catch wind that, that anyone has, has noticed that, that we are there. All right. Number two, we can follow you wherever you go and we can record everything that you do there. So if you go into the mall or you go into a movie theater or you go into um, any place that isn't private property, we cannot follow you again into private property. We can't follow you into your office building, for example. We can't follow you, obviously, into your house. But if, if it's somewhere in public, you know, you, you go to Six Flags or you, you know, take your mistress out on the town for a movie or at the club, we are going to be there. And we have many, many ways of sneakily recording you doing everything that you're going to be doing. Uh, we have cameras that are, you know, designed to look like all kinds of things. Cameras that can fit in the palm of your hand, cameras that look like key fobs, cameras that can be disguised as buttons on our shirt, and cameras that are um, implanted in, in a pair of glasses that we put on our head, uh, little ink pens that we have in our shirt. It, it, there are all kinds of hidden cameras out there that we ha we have access to and any good private investigator is going to have access to more than one. 
and we will follow you and you will never know that we are there. You, you will never know that you're being recorded. Hopefully, if the private investigator is, is good at what he does, then hopefully, you know, you will never know that we just got you. And we're going to upload that information to your, your spouse or your insurance company. And that day of moving furniture or that night of, you know, smoochy smoochy with your, you know, your, your mistress or your mister, you are, you are toast. So bear that in mind. Anything you do out in public is well within the public domain and is fair game. Once you enter private property, then that is where we draw the line and we cannot go. Private property is private. That There are some caveats to this, though. Your vehicle, if you enter your vehicle with that special someone and you start making out, if we can see through the windows, that is fair game. Uh, a private investigator is well within his right to sit in his vehicle and record what you are doing in yours because the windows are just as good for seeing into your car as they are for seeing out. And if you are in your car doing something that you are not supposed to do, then the law says that you do not have a reasonable expectation of privacy and we gotcha. Uh, so again, we are going to follow every single move that you make in public and get you doing anything that we think might be of value to our client. Number three, we can go through your garbage. Yes, once you set out your garbage to be collected, it is fair game. A private investigator is well within the legal rights to drive right up to your curb, take your trash bags out of your little bin, throw them in the back of his truck, and take off. And what we find in there is fair game. We are well within the law, and that is that. So if you have receipts for your, you know, night out, or you, you know, you're on probation and you're not supposed to be drinking alcohol or whatever, uh, if we find any kind of syringes or any kind of anything in there that might be considered any kind of violation or anything that might be, again, of interest to our client, you are done. Uh, that's just all there is to it. Uh, it is not your your trash. Again, it has to be, you have to set it out um, on the curb for pickup. But once you do that, it is no longer really considered your property. It is, I guess it would be the city's property. And once you set it out, Anyone can drive. Anyone can drive up. Not just private investigators. People, you know, identity thieves. That's that's a really good way to to get your identity stolen. Is setting your garbage out the night before. A very good rule of thumb. A very good practice to get in the habit of doing is to set your garbage out the day of collection. Uh, try not to set your garbage out the night before, which is a kind of a, a common practice for a lot of people. Because if you do that, you're just you're just begging for someone to drive up, snatch it, and go through it and rip your life apart. So kind of keep that in mind. You know, a lot of people don't realize that you know once you set out your garbage, it's it's not it's not yours anymore. Um, it, it's not any kind of, of legal invasion of privacy. Uh, that is that is. Uh, Something that, that a lot of people really, again, don't realize, and they are kind of setting themselves up for uh, a lot of lot of trouble, not only from private investigators who, who want to get, you know, dirt on you or any kind of personal information, but also identity thieves. You know, people, credit card receipts and bank statements and phone records and all of that, don't <laughs> shred it. Uh, do not put that in the trash. The trash is actually probably one of the worst places you can put any kind of sensitive documents. So 
keep that in mind. Be very, very cognizant and very, very vigilant about what you do with your information. Uh, this this also goes for what you post online, uh, Facebook, you know, Instagram, all of these things. The well seasoned investigator, the well seasoned hacker, the well seasoned, uh, you know, identity thief. That's one of the first places that we'd look. Is, is on your online profile, your social media, because people are usually very unguarded. And if you're posting pictures and, and stuff on, or, or your, you know, your mistress or your mister is, is posting pictures of the two of you together, thinking that, you know, no one's going to really notice or the spouse, you know, this might be safe because it's not on, it's not on the subject's uh, uh, timeline or, or account, whatever. Wrong. Uh, we have we have databases. We have software that allows us to cross-reference and match any kind of uh, picture or tag or any kind of mention of, of anybody um, online. And they are very very good at picking up not only you know the the true name of the person, but also any aliases that that they might be you know using. So again, be just be very cognizant and, and very aware of, of what you put out in the public, because once you put it out in the public, it is fair game and it is well within the rights of anyone to drive up and take it. Now, what we do with that information, that's going to define the legality of it. Obviously, you know, using it for identity the you know theft or, or something like that, that is that is very illegal. But using it in the course of business for a private investigator is not Everything we find there will be well admissible and the judge will just take it in stride and everything will be there. And, you know, if there's something in there that you don't want your spouse to see or there's something in there that you don't want the IRS or your insurance agency or your job or anything like that, uh, make sure that that you that you destroy it. Don't throw it away. Throwing away is probably, again, one of the the worst places that you can put sensitive information. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, number four, we can lie to you, your family, and your acquaintances. We cannot lie to our clients, though. Um, again, this it, it it's not really lying so much. It's it's called a pretext, and what a pretext is is basically um, using false information in order to get the information that we want. Uh, there are again some caveats here. Uh, we cannot claim that we are a member of law enforcement. Um, I can't, you know, call your 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 spouse and say that I'm with the FBI and you're 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 wanted for questioning, et cetera. Uh, that's a big, big no no. But uh, I I can call and say, you know, I'm your long lost buddy from college, and you know I'm trying to get get the old gang together, and you know, do you the contact and number I have is is no longer good, and I wondering if, wondering if you have a you know a a, a good number. For this person, if you, if you know where where they work, so I can you know stop by and say hi, um, you'd be amazed at what what people will give up the information that that they will tell, um, if if you ask for it the right way. So again, uh, we we also well again there there are a couple of correlators to this. Again, we can't say that we are with law enforcement. We also can't claim to be you. And call your bank, for example, and try to get uh, your banking information. Uh, there is some information that is completely off limits. Uh, your your medical records, for example, we can't, uh, you know, uh, access those medical records. That is that is a violation of the HIPAA laws. Um, HIPAA, 
I believe I'm not exactly sure what it stands for. Uh, um, your your financial records are completely off limits, and surprisingly, your educational records are off limits. Uh, we can't we can't you know get your transcripts from your your MBA, for example, to find out you know how you, what kind of grades you got. Uh, that is a uh, violation of FERPA laws, F-E-R-P-A. So again, there there are certain things that we don't have access to, but you know, a pretext is, I guess, you know, it, if private investigators get any kind of bad rap or kind of this bad reputation, this would probably be it. A lot of a lot of private investigators don't really like using pretext simply because it seems uh, it seems shady and or, or kind of you know dirty. Um, it borders on kind of that ethical violation. But again, it, it's perfectly legal. Uh, we, you know, as long as we don't say we're a member of law enforcement, as long as we don't say that we are, we, we don't impersonate you in an attempt to get information that we would not be otherwise able to get. But uh, if we want to social engineer, you know, your, your mother-in-law or your ex-spouse or your boss or anything like that, that is, that is well within our rights. Um, as long as we, you know, uh, kind of maintain that that distance from you and that distance from law enforcement. And number five, we can use any public record available in order to deliver the most complete package of information to our clients. You would be amazed at all of the information about you that is online. It would stun you and shock you the wealth of things that are available to someone who knows how to find it. Even a simple Google search. Try this. Go and if you've never Googled your name, go Google your name. Any mention of you in the for the past 25 years is going to come up. And a lot of things that you might have even forgotten about are going to come up. And that's just with a Google search. There are all kinds of databases out there that have all kinds of information about you. And we can use this to uh, find out almost anything. Find out your social security number. Find out your cell phone. Find out the the last 15 addresses that you've lived at. Your ex-spouses. What kind of cars you drive. What kind of jobs you have. If you have a bankruptcy. If you have a, a 15 DWIs. If you're a sexual predator. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And these are all just things that are in the public view. If you really want to get crafty and creative, you can go into something called o- Open Source Intelligence, or OSINT, O-S-I-N-T. And this is kind of a branch of digital forensics whereby there are certain rules and certain things, certain techniques that a skilled investigator can use to find out all kinds of information. Even stuff that you did not put out there. Everything is databased. Everything is cataloged. Everything you put on Facebook, all of the advertising that's geared towards you, all of that, everything goes into a database somewhere. It is never lost. It is never deleted. It is never erased. What you put on the internet is out there for good. It is out there forever. And if it's something bad or something that you don't want out there, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to get that gone. There are there are private investigator firms that specialize 
in digital forensics and in finding, you know, missing children and finding, you know, missing relatives and things. And all of this can be found online. And we have access to very specific databases that will give us all kinds of information. And we can take one piece of information and match it up to another piece. And it's it's a lot like um, kind of doing a genealogy tree where we find, you know, matches for this document and, and matches for this. And, you know, this person comes back and then a, another person will pop up that we hadn't even thought of before. And we can go down that rabbit hole. So they're just all of the, the, the treasure trove, the wealth of information that is online is shocking and stunning. There is no more anonymity. There is no more privacy. There is no more, um, being out or, 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 um, the, the ability to disappear. Um, it's, it's very disheartening. <laughs> it's very almost defeatist that, you know, it's stuff that you personally don't even, you don't have to put it out there. People are doing it for you. So again, just, you know, try and make it harder for people to find out stuff about you. Don't, don't put stuff out there on the internet that, you know, you may not, you may not want to come back to haunt you, or you may not want your spouse to find out, or you may not want, you know, blown up on a 60 inch television in the middle of a courtroom, because if it's out there, there's somebody out there who can find it. And the more skilled the investigator is, uh, the more stuff that they can dig up. Um, I've, I've seen, I've seen things that, you know, I, I was shocked and amazed at what all, and there, there is just so much information out there that a lot of it is, is private stuff. A lot of it is stuff that shouldn't be let loose into the world. And we have to kind of, you know, redact that, or we have to kind of, um, pull that from, you know, not share that with, with our clients or not share that with anyone. Because again, it, it's stuff that has no business, um, you know, being, being out there. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of a good example. Um, nothing's really coming to mind at the moment. Um, but I mean, you, you've heard all the horror stories, you know, uh, the site lock and thing, you know, pl places like McAfee, I think has, has a, 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 a digital monitoring service. Um, but yeah, look, look in, look into those and, and keep your data very, very close to your chest. Um, don't, don't make it easier by volunteering that information. Cause I promise you there, there's a lot out there that, that, uh, you, you didn't put out there. It was put out there for you. So, uh, obviously be very vigilant and, and keep that in, in mind, um, next time that you, you know, fill out a form for your health insurance or you fill out a form, you know, you do your taxes online, you do, you know, everything is online. Everything is, is available and everything is saved and databased and cataloged all your, all your, you know, usernames and passwords, guard those, keep those very, very secure. Uh, don't use the same password for multiple websites. Um, just, uh, just things like that. Be, be smart. Um, because the, the hackers, the, the, the guys who want your information, the guys who have, you know, nefarious purposes or are not really out for your best interest, uh, they are very, very good at what they do. Um, so don't, don't make it easier for them by volunteering it. Just keep, uh, 
you know, keep, keep your secure information very, very close to your chest and make sure that you guard it with your life. Um, okay. So that is, that was five things that uh, a private investigator is legally allowed to do that might surprise a lot of members of the public. Um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you learned a little bit today. Uh, hopefully it, uh, it, uh, kind of gave you some pause on, on, on what, uh, what you have out there um if you uh leave us a comment um about uh, what you thought uh if you learned anything or if you have anything else to add um we would uh, we would love to get in touch and, and be able to incorporate that all right thank you very much for listening and uh we will see you next time all right bye-bye